Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Breeding Murphy, Councillor Breeding Murphy. Good morning to you. Good morning, Alan, and good morning to your listeners. I, I like a text like that to you. People on the ball sort of saying, yeah, I'd like to be part of this, but that's an interesting one, isn't it? Yeah. What do you make of that development, by the way, North Bexford? Uh, look, at Alan, it's hugely positive. I have always been a, an avid supporter of the arts in County Wexford, and mm. a move like this is, is quite incredible, really, for, for our county. It's for all the county, isn't it? It's not just going to be North Wexford. But if they start filming around the county, like where they used Kirklow for Saving Private Ryan, could benefit the entire county. Ennis Gorthy for, of, for Brooklyn. Of yeah. course, and, and look, it can only help to promote our, our, our county, County Wexford. Breedine, you're here in studio to look at a number of issues, but I was at the council meeting and there was a delegation, went to uh, America, wasn't it, for the Eugene O'Neill event? Yes. You were not in favour of that. You felt the time was wrong. Now that they're, they've gone and we'll get a report of what happened, because I'm going to invite one or two of the delegates to talk to me about it. Why were you against this in the first place? Uh, for me, Alan... Um I think these trips at the minute need to be considered on a case-by-case basis. And I suppose it's important to state that I appreciate and fully acknowledge the cultural importance of the Eugene O'Neill Festival for the town of New Ross. But I don't think this is the right time to travel. In the context of conversations that all councillors are having having at the minute with our our, our, uh, people people are facing into a huge crisis coming in the coming months uh, and, and I think in all sincerity I couldn't support this decision uh, to send for to, to California at the moment In the event I think one of the counter arguments was, was that, that the return for sending four would be up to 60 back so could you see any benefit in the counter argument at all that was raised? Oh of, of course yeah. Alan I, I absolutely do uh, and it, as I said you know I, I fully appreciate the importance of the Eugene O'Neill Festival in mm-hmm in your ass. Uh, but I, I, I question the viability of it at the minute. And that's uh, important, isn't it? Do you f- feel, even though you're a member of a party and a government party of that, that you should be given the opportunity to, to, to voice opinions like this and, and, and air why you disagree and vote against it if needs be? Oh, absolutely. And that there's no consequences to, to having that, that um, opinion, I suppose. Right. And look, you know, I have full respect for my two fellow councillors that travel. They're very good councillors. But again, as I said at the minute, it needs to be considered on a case-by-case basis, these trips abroad. OK, let's look at uh, some of the big talking points uh, we're, we, we have Councillor Breedine Murphy in studio with me from the New Ross area. This is interesting because we're talking about the energy crisis. Um, you are looking at the horticulture area and in particular something that is so vital to this county of ours, the strawberry industry. So I'm, I'm curious, where are you coming from on this? Well, as, uh, as you rightly said, Alan, um, Wexford is synonymous with the strawberry. We have a number of family-run strawberry farms in, in County Wexford. I myself come from a, a strawberry background. They are particularly vulnerable to the rise in energy costs uh, and particularly those strawberry growers who grow under glass because they will use electricity uh, for lighting the glass houses to boost production and also uh, natural gas for the heating of glass houses to keep them at a particular temperature. The strawberry season in in Wexford typically runs from March to kind of mid-October but with the rise in energy costs a a lot of farmers are looking at shortening their season next year uh, which can be detrimental to these family run businesses because of the soaring costs. And you're talking about something you know, you say your background is strawberries, is it? Yes, my family uh, have a strawberry farm. Have they really? Yeah. And and for us, I suppose, you know, there was a report by Chagas earlier this year that compared uh, energy uh, costs um, in March of 21 to March of 22. 
Um, electricity rose by 131% and natural gas by 200%. On our own farm, our ESB bill has risen four times that of last year. Um, so, you know, it's the question is if it's viable going forward to keep that long season in place. And how do you think it's going to be addressed? Because I've, I spoke to Colin Neville, hotelier Colin Neville. I think he told me his costs had trebled. Mm-hmm. And in pre-budget, we're actually going to go around the county and talk to many more people from retail and business, etc. This is interesting because I don't think people would even have thought that it could impact something so vital to Wexford as the strawberry. Yeah, and I suppose it's a very complex answer in that, you know, there are no straight solutions to this, Alan. But I would like to see if there are supports given to businesses that it extends to farmers. Um, oftentimes it's not. It's to, to, to keep businesses afloat. Um, but I would like to see, as I said, that extended to farmers, whether that be in the budget or a once-off support. And I'm not familiar with the seasonal growth of strawberries, although I remember being with Damien Fitzhenry, the legend. He, he brought me to a strawberry farm many moons ago. I had a good chat with Damien. Good morning to him if he's tuned in. But, uh, I mean, the, the, like the, 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 like we still see some strawberries strawberry sellers at the side of the road here in Wexford so when does it begin for next year then? When when would the funding and the supports be needed for something like this? Well I suppose planting will often begin in December um, and then the, the lights will be turned on at the glasshouse and possibly heating systems around March um, but I suppose the farmers or the strawberry growers need to know if those supports are going to be put in place in order to plant in December because if they're not going to get supports then they may make the decision not to grow fruit earlier in the year. Right, it's definitely one we raise again now that you've raised it and brought it to our attention here this morning. The next initiative is very interesting too. I've just spoken to one or two concerned elderly people down around the Kilmore area who have a story to share and they're going to share with me tomorrow because I, I, I'm well aware of the importance of community uh, connection and one you've come up with is a, a new initiative in association with Angara Shikana and it's for Clan Roach. What is this? So um, some time ago our, our local Garda, uh, Garda John Kennedy approached me with this idea of using the Garda community bus for community groups in uh, the New Ross district. We have taken um, some some groups, uh, particularly in the area, the, the Pell Pasty Women's Group, to outings. So a lot of the community groups, Alan, are not in a financial situation uh, to hire a private bus to pay for it. They don't have the funds. This is free of charge. Uh, the guard will drive him will be the driver as such yeah. um, so in, in the in the instance of the Palpasty Women's Group we have taken them down to Kilmacay Gardens uh, and we're taking them to the Dáil in October right. um, we have put a call out to any other um, community groups in the New Ross District to approach us to either approach Ron or myself if they would like to to have an outing but I will be calling on Wexford County Council to collaborate with the Gardaí to get a bus for Wexford and, and why I say that is at the minute we're using the Garda bus that is in Wicklow so it's based in Arklow but I would like to see us get a bus for ourselves here in Wexford so that we can open it up beyond the New Ross district uh, and it will be available for all community groups in, in County Wexford. They've done this in Limerick and they have done it in, in Wicklow and it has been a huge success in both counties. Yeah because there's a lot of people listening to us this morning would love something like that. In fact the couple I was talking to their highlight of the week is to come from Kilmore and to do their shopping. Absolutely. Uh, and I mean, wouldn't it be wonderful if there was more initiatives to let people get out and about and go to places all over the county? Yeah. Uh, absolutely. And I suppose, perhaps, Alan, that's something that's come out of COVID is, tr- you know, tr- how do we combat isolation? How do we help mm. people get out and about and get involved in their communities? Uh, and if we can add to that by bringing them places by 
you know, Wells House in Gorey, different different places. There's there's lots that can be done. So this is like in many ways a further development of the pop up Garda station, then, isn't it? The linking in with the community policing. Absolutely, and you know, all credit to to the Garda and to to Garda John Kennedy in Clonroach. He has been the driver on on the trips that we've done, and it's been fantastic. It's been you know hugely enjoyable. Right, you, you were listening to Tom Enright speaking to me yesterday. We covered the county. Were you happy with what you heard from the chief executive when it came to New Ross? There were a number of issues we talked on, including development of Butler's land. Mm-hmm. When you focused in on New Ross, what did you make of his uh, comments? Well, I suppose, Alan, for all districts and, you know, Ross particularly, housing is at the top of of our, you know, concerns. For myself, I'm a rural councillor, and just to put it into context, I suppose when I was first elected in 2019, I, I wouldn't have had many housing reps. It didn't come across my, 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 my table, but in recent times, uh, I have got more and more. Uh, and particularly in the last week, for example, I've had four people contact me. They are in private rented accommodation under the HAP scheme. And they have received letters from their landlords indicating that they intend to sell and they will be ending their tenancy agreement. The issue being, there are no private rented houses or apartments in Ross. I, I believe the last time I, te- I checked after, there are three. So they are... I, I dare say it, forced to leave the rented accommodation, but effectively they have nowhere to go. It's it's distressing, you know, and it's it's for, for us as, as as public representatives that we don't have an answer to this. I mean, you're a young mum, aren't you? How's mm-hmm. baby, by the way? All going well. All you, going you, well. You know? All going well. So, I mean, you have can empathise really with these people. It's, it must be... It really is the most... Frustrating thing at the moment, isn't it? So you have four now that literally don't know where to go. That don't know where to go. Uh, and, you know, it's no fault of the, the housing department. It, they're just, the houses are not there for them to move into. Um, so they would normally transfer to another private rented accommodation under the HAP scheme, but there is nowhere, nowhere for them to go. So, you know, it's heartbreaking as a public representative to not be able to provide some kind of help or some kind of support. So you uh, row in with the idea that this is the big one, housing. It, yeah. it is, it is. Yeah. And, you know, I, I heard him talk about affordable housing yesterday and I suppose as, you know, somebody perhaps somewhat in that gap and I have a lot of friends who are, you know, in that middle income bracket, hmm. they can't get on the property ladder, Alan. And now, you yeah. know, if they're forced to leave their rented accommodation, where do they go? So it is accepted that this is a big issue from from all parties, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you you mentioned about Cree Conaha for vacant sites. What is this? Because this is again linked into housing. Absolutely, and and I suppose one thing that I I see as a stopgap, I suppose overall we need to build more houses. That's the ultimate goal. But in the in the interim, there are a number of initiatives coming from government, and one as you mentioned is Cree Conaha, and that's you know targeting vacant buildings and derelict sites as it stands. It's for towns and it's a grant of up to 30,000 for vacant houses to refurbish it and it can be pushed up to 50,000 if the house is derelict. I understand it will be announced that this will be um, expanded to include rural towns and uh, rural villages, excuse me, which is hugely important. Again, being a rural rural councillor, there are vacant sites within villages or vacant houses within villages that can be brought back into life. I think it's hugely important. You know, years ago, if we look, people lived over shop fronts or over, you know, in, in towns. And perhaps we need to start looking back in that direction. Thank you. I'm going to leave it there, Bradeen. A lot of talking points there from you this morning. Good for you. Uh, thank you for popping into the studio to us. Wish you well. Thank and you it's Adam. really back up and running again now, isn't it? Uh, the next council meetings, there's a lot of activity going on. Uh, there is, there is. There's a lot happening in County Wexford. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.